Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. from The Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. In case you aren't familiar with us, uh, we host and run Fizzle.co, where we show creatives, freelancers, and entrepreneurs how to build a business that actually works. Okay, We have a roadmap broken into three phases that guides you through every step of small business, from coming up with your business idea, to growing your email list, to getting people to know, like, and trust your website, podcast, or video channel, etc. Membership to Fizzle.co costs about a dollar a day. But as a listener, you can try your first five weeks for free on us when you go to Fizzle.co slash try five. All right. In this episode, how long should your business take to earn revenue? I heard some advice from an entrepreneur about how hopeful entrepreneurs should pursue their first business idea. I'll explain that advice a little later in the show here. It made me think about how long it can take before your business starts earning revenue. And my question immediately is like, okay, so how long is too long? Should you be fighting for revenue right out of the gate? Or should you keep a job so you have some financial stability while you get your own business off the ground? So those might seem kind of rudimentary questions, but I think you'll find in this conversation, especially in Corbett's perspective, a a kind of wisdom about how to look at your business in general, no matter what stage you're at in your business. Okay, we give you our advice to these kinds of questions. We've been there, done that, seen a lot of things in the small business world. And this episode will bring you for free, I might add, some really, really good perspective. So follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 164. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. All right, guys, welcome back to the episode. We're here with Corbett Barr and Barnett Brooks. When we're got, we're continuing our conversation that we started before the break about I don't know. Well, I was just gonna I was gonna try to start an episode that way. And people are like, "Oh no, what did I miss? Did I miss something? Did you? Is there a lost episode somewhere that I can maybe try?" I just jumped in the middle of it. <laughs> oh my! Back I'll go backwards thirty second on my podcast app. I like that in my iOS device. That's what the forwards and backwards do automatically. That little loop with the thirty in the middle. It's really. It's really nice. I've been going on walks. I've been listening to audiobooks instead of podcasts. What are you doing right now? Ram Dass. Mm. Ad- Adventures in Truth. Not to be confused with Rom Toms. That's a bar in Portland. Yep, that's a bar. And not to be confused with any other thing but Ram Dass, I guess. Mm. I was looking for something and I couldn't find yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, so I'm listening to that and I'm like hippieing out over here. I'm loving it. It's awesome. good. It's powerful stuff. More than usual. What are you guys listening to right now? Are you doing podcasts, uh, audiobooks, uh, NPR? Yes, I've got lots of NPR going on in my life right now. Do you really? No one called Embedded. It's pretty good. Yeah. I've been listening to the uh, NPR Politics podcast recently. Oh. Oh. Uh, I've been listening, re-listening to Seth Godin's Startup School. Mm. I, mm. I was looking through my feed today and I realized I have no business podcasts in my subscriptions right now. So I was like, oh. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it was great. Oh, well, I do have startup, but that doesn't count. I find myself going in seasons like like kind of away from business and then I'll come back mm-hmm. into it and away from it. Yeah. And so. I uh, listened recently to the um, Bill Simmons podcast with Louis C.K. that you recommended. Yeah. That was great. You liked it, right? That was great. Oh, I think the way that guy's thinking about stuff is way different yeah. than, than I can imagine. Like Bill I'm, Simmons seemed pretty good. Like I might need to go listen to some other Bill yeah. Simmons yeah. has a great... He had a great ad before Game of Thrones last night 
for his new show on HBO. Oh, really? It was just like it was on HBO. Of, all of his contrarian beliefs about sports in one ad. It was awesome. Wow! And then so, at the end, they were just like, "We're going to talk about Game of Thrones after this." Well, it was just it was like a, it was an you know, ad. HBO always does an ad at the beginning of their shows for one of their other shows. So this one was just promoting Bill Simmons. Yeah, it's new. crazy to think about that business model, right? Got, you know, he got the boot out of ESPN and mm -hmm. Grantland, and then they just launched a new uh, podcast po network. Or, um, no, but a new publication thing that's like on society culture mm. in relation to sports and all that. Wow. The Ringer or something else? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, The he's, Ringer. He's I got think. a lot going on. Uh, well, at least that's what he's calling his, his newsletter some, something or that. Yeah. Something or other, yeah. So anyways, we're listening to crazy stuff. Yeah. There you and, go. and your podcast listener, there you guys are listening to stuff. Let us know what you're listening to. This is episode 164. So you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 164. If there's a new podcast or something that you're listening to, I'm I'm always curious to hear what like you know, because it changes. It comes in seasons, it comes in waves. And now that I've been watching this for probably four or five years now, yeah. Um, just like what people are listening to in podcasts, it's kind of interesting because it's really like I still kind of, I think a lot of us are used to thinking of podcasts as these sort of, this sort of like new media on the block, but, but now, dude, it's established. Yeah. And there's, it's in so the blood podcast. Yeah. It's in the, it's the, it's in our, it's in our habits. It's what we expect. It's, uh, and I don't even commute. Like I just, I, but I still listen to podcasts all yeah, the time. Yeah. You make time, but I don't, I, I like, it's getting, it's getting bad. I don't get to listen to as much as I'd like to. And I'm, and now I'm have to get, you know, remember when you, with your tweets, when you could have been a completist, yeah. like he used to be able to read, read every, every tweet. tweet yeah. And then it like became the point. Now where it's you like, just, no, yeah. no, I just see what I see when I'm there and then I go on, Yep. you know? I so it. I got that going for me. Listen, so what I want to talk to today, uh, this is an interesting conversation. I'm very curious. I haven't let Corbett, I haven't, I haven't given him any, any uh, insight on what we're talking about yet. So this is going to be news to him. But basically, I oh, let... you gave Barrett some insight? Well, we were talking about it on, on the back porch. Yeah, but, you know, it's, the, it's, it's not the kind of thing I'm you... are flying blind here. You're flying blind. Um, but but it, it, it's something you already have a lot of opinions about. We all kind of do. Uh, it... I saw this this Gary Vaynerchuk um, video, and he's just freaking everywhere. And I can't tell if I like it or hate it. You know what I mean? Because it's like I'm both parts loving it and just going like, yeah. ugh. So, but he there's this guy on the street, and he's and his question is like, hey, like, what's the best way I can right now, like, hustle or do my thing or like make my make a thing? What would you do if you're starting from zero? And Gary Vaynerchuk said, I would I would get a job that in in loosely like around the sort of area, the industry, the niche that I would want to create my own business around. Um, the job that I could get paid the most by doing the, having the less work as possible, as sure. least work as possible. You know, it's just whatever you can find. Or, like, that in magic that, job where you can a lot and don't have to do anything. <laughs> exactly. Standard job stuff. Um, and I would then like, I, you know, you, that's your day job. That's almost like your, your morning routine before your real job starts, which mm. is you work on those, that for the two to five hours a night that you can, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and that way you have that financial security while you're doing the thing. Yeah. Um, and it made me think about, regardless of, of that advice and specifics, I'm just thinking about this question of how long, like the one question in my head is how long should it take for your business to get to revenue? Right. And because what I like about that question is, is it forces us to think about, well, what's your goals? Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to just get to revenue really fast? Or are you trying to make something that can last a really long time? Right. Are you trying to find something that you really, really love? Or are you trying to find something that's really, really profitable? 
Are you trying to find something that you're not going to burn out about? Or are you trying to find something that's going to last for you the rest of your days? Right. You know, all of those big questions that uh, I find us when we're when we're building courses for Fizzle, when we're talking with Fizzlers, um, this came up on Office Hours. Every every week we have a, a, a thing called Fizzle Friday where, where uh, anyone who's in Fizzle, we do basically these big group coaching calls. And everybody has access to that in Fizzle, and they can pre-submit questions or ask them live on, on, on the call, on the webinar. And one of the uh, questions was, hey, I've got these two business ideas. One of them I really enjoy, I like, I'm interested and excited about, but it doesn't. I can't really picture how it's going to make money that easily. The other one, I can definitely see how it can make money, um, but I'm not as excited about it. What should I do? Right. And I just think that's such a big question. So thinking back on. So what I love about about you, Corbett, is you're so analytical about this sort of stuff. You're the first principles. We always talking about this Elon Musk. Wait, but why articles, which, again, if you haven't read them, we're going to mention them again because they're really super. They're, they're they really get me thinking differently about my own life. Um, and and that first principles kinds of things, kind of thing about starting your business you kind of get to ask these questions and and not be wrapped up in like, am I a good person or am I worth it or am I going to make it as much as like, what do I want? Right. What? How do I want this to go? So so to me, it's like, what's more important, like revenue now or enjoyment for good? How long should your business take to earn revenue? These kinds of things for people starting out who are who are who are thinking about they're they're not thinking in these terms. Do you know what I mean? I, it took me a decade to be able to think in these terms, right? Because I'm not, uh, I'm not a very analytical person that way. I'm not, um, I'm not Elon Musk or or Patrick McKenzie or or people who think in those ways first. Well, that would be a stupid thing, haven't you thought that through? And I'm like, no, I'm still trying to get the world to like me, right? You know, um, so so I would love to open up that conversation yeah. today. I, well, so to start with the um, the second question around do you want to do something that you enjoy for life versus yeah. something that puts money in your pocket center? right now yeah is that revenue now or in something you enjoy for for good yeah so to me that's one of those things that you have to experience in order to really understand you have to build a business around something yeah. that you end up not liking in a couple yeah. of years to understand the importance of really liking the topic sure but it's also a moving target because you know, if your first business, you start in your 20s or whatever, your interests and your life changes so mm -hmm. much over those years that you might get a few years into it. And even though you were committed to it in the beginning, you you end up not liking it later. Yeah. So you kind of have to go through it. And then also it kind of becomes a luxury of once you're better at building businesses, then you might have the luxury of pursuing something that you care about more. Yeah. And kind of, because and, and you have the, the ditching, ditching this or letting it go on autopilot and then starting over and then again. letting or letting yeah. that thing that you don't like so much fund. and more fund yeah. new thing that you're mm -hmm. going to work on. So, uh, so I don't know, like in the beginning, if you can necessarily tell someone if they can have this conversation with themselves about, I need to choose something that I really enjoy versus I need to choose something yeah. that's going to put money in my pocket because, uh, they're probably in a position where they need money more badly than somebody who's been through the, the, the around the block a few times. Yeah. Uh, and also they just don't necessarily understand what that means. Yeah. You know, I'm going to build this business. That's what I'm going to enjoy. But maybe that's what you're thinking. But. Well, backing up for a second, when one of the things that we see as a huge problem is people don't think about money at all, right? They think I'm going to be a blogger and then they try to be become a blogger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it takes years before they realize like, oh God, like 
I didn't even think about I, like now I'd really need to earn revenue from this thing for me to keep doing it because well, it's, it's not just like I've proved to myself that I can do this. Yeah. So either it, it ends up being profitable to me in more ways than just artistic freedom or it's just artistic freedom, some sort of creative outlet. Yeah. And then it's just a hobby. And that's to- that's like, OK, so choose that or but I kind of wanted it to be a business. Well, we're, worse than that, I think, is, you know, in the uh, VC funded world businesses are sort of taught to not worry about revenue because yeah. you if you if you worry too much about revenue up front then you're sacrificing scale mm. and scale is really what you want so a lot of businesses even amazon today operates at a razor thin margin they basically don't make money yeah because jeff bezos wants to dominate all of his markets yeah. and pour everything he has back into the business yeah so in a lot of cases um in the VC-backed world, people are taught just to worry about building something that people love and that takes off, even if it's losing money, because you can just raise more and more money. Yeah. So the reason I bring that up is that even worse than that, is, and and to me, that's a, that's a house of cards because yeah. a couple of years down the road, the funding picture might change and you might lose that entire business, even though it was a great idea. Totally. And because you had a lot of And you of were traction. just a piece in a portfolio of a lot of other right. companies to these VCs and, and they expect however many, 90% of them to fail. And it's kind of, it's just a game. It's a lottery game. And if you win, great, you're wealthy. If you yeah. don't, then I guess you move on to the next thing. And maybe it was fun while and, it lasted. And the guys who get wealthy are the VCs, Yeah, you know, but, more consistently than the entrepreneurs. Yeah, but hold on. The, the, to get back to the, the regular entrepreneur, sure. the kind of person who's not going to raise VC money. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is that even worse than that, that scenario is just worry about something that people love and don't worry about revenue. Yeah. And you started talking about people who don't worry about revenue when they're just regular entrepreneurs. Yeah. In addition to not worrying about revenue, a lot of times they don't worry about making something that other people really care about. The, the first business that people create is often this itch that they want to scratch personally they kind of just want to go through the motions and see what it's like to build a business. Yeah. But they don't really think about how do I make something that is integral to other people's lives, something mm. that that really grabs them. And and that's the makings of a business that can create revenue. Yeah. And without that, you you called it a hobby or like a fun side project. Yeah. But really it's just something for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, other people totally. don't care about it. And I don't mean those in derogatory, ter- derogatory terms at all. Yeah. Like I think of, uh, I'd like to try stand up comedy. That's just a hobby. That's like, not like I don't want to travel around the nation playing stand up shows. Yeah. I just want to see if I can do it. I want to scratch that itch. I want to do, I want to do, have some fun doing that. Yeah. I think that's the way that I would think about creative outlets. And I paint what, in my garage. I, you know what yeah. I mean? And a lot of people I think are playing business kind of like you play house as a kid or yeah. whatever. It's like, I just kind of want to feel what this feels like. It's not necessarily um, you know, something that's going to make or break the rest of my life and career. You said big mistake. Uh, I was like, big mistake, not worrying enough about money early on if you're thinking about doing a, uh, an actual business. And you said another one is actually making something that people don't really love. Is that is that right? Or 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 not making something people want. Yeah. You know, yeah. making yeah. something for yourself instead of for others. Yeah. When So Chase and I were sitting around chatting about this, whether we wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And one thing I brought up, that I would kind of wish for everyone almost is before they dive in with their wholehearted business idea, that's going to be the thing they love forever and ever. I'd almost wish for everyone that they just create some little thing using knowledge that they have that other people want and just put it up on Gumroad or wherever and just sell it and just make your first dollar, just make your first dollar and get that out of the way Mm -hmm. doing anything, not a business, a product, just make any kind of product and sell it to a friend just to see what that's like. Because that, at the end of the day, is what a business is. Yeah. You make a thing, and it's good enough, somebody will pay for it. Mm-hmm. 
And in some ways, like just getting over that hurdle and realizing that's how simple it is to make money, I think would be very valuable for a lot of people because now they understand that once they get to the point where yeah. they're doing that thing that they're going to love. I always say it changes It changes the way you look at what's possible. Yeah. It really does. It give, It shows, it's like, you know, you only see this one bit of the spectrum of light mm. and over here is like ultraviolet and over there is microwave right. or whatever. It just gives you like access to those things that you couldn't see before where you're like, oh man, that would be a good business. Oh, but, that would be a good business. Well, oh, I, that one. I love this concept of, uh, you know, don't build a business, build a product or a yeah. service, build yeah. a thing for sale. Mm-hmm. That is a really helpful because yeah. in people's minds, a business is this like big, complicated thing, and and you feel like the activity of figuring out your business structure and choosing where your office is going to be and yeah. who you're going to work with and all that stuff. You feel like that's work towards building the business yeah. and, and earning revenue, but it's not really. The only thing that matters is can I make something that people are willing to pay for? Mm-hmm. I was looking at the. Um, I was looking at different websites on topics around like how to build a business and stuff just to see what people had to say today. And I stumbled on the um, SBA website. Like if you Google how to build a business, one of the first um, results is Google now shows like lists in results. Have you seen this? It's like 10 steps to blank. And they show those, they pull them from a blog post and put them directly in the search results. That's crazy. And the one that shows up for how to build a (laughs) business. That is just cutting in, man. I know, it's it's amazing. (laughs) The one that shows up for... um, how to build a business was the SBA's 10 steps to build a business. Uh-huh. And it is utter f-ing garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the, the stuff that's in that list is all busy work. Uh, oh, I got to find it. That is not going to get you anywhere closer to creating something that yeah. people love and are willing to pay you money for. It's like a very regulation oriented kind of thing where it, you can just tell it came from a government agency kind of deal. Yeah. Like, or some yeah. professor in, in right. a college totally, teaching right. entrepreneurship. In, in the abstract. No, I love it. Happens when you're starting 10 steps to build a business. Okay. From the SBA. Number one, step one, write a business plan. Mm-hmm. A long one. Okay. <laughs> Ste- uh, use these tools and resources to create a business plan. Yeah. Step two, get Wait, business. And, hold on. While you're reading this, I want people in the in the audience, listeners who who know us and what yeah. we talk about, to think about what is missing most from this entire list of Okay. Time. Okay. Think about what is missing. Lo- uh, I'll just read the headlines, okay? Step one, write a business plan. Step two, get business assistance and training. Step three, choose a business location. Step four, finance your business. Step five, determine the legal structure of your business. Step six, register a business name or doing business as. Step seven, register for state and local taxes. Step eight, obtain business licenses and permits. Step nine, understand employer responsibilities. And step 10, find local assistance. I think that's amazing. Are you... (laughs) <laughs> seriously it is it, it's and, very and, like and classic then, man it's classical and it's, then the sba is the one that reports on like how what percentage of small businesses fail yeah right? they're like hey man we've got some resources i don't understand why you guys are failing so, so much because so you did you do step 10 find local assistance so there are two like huge gaps in that thing yeah what what are they well, make something people fi- people want, like right. finding out, or like just make something. Period. <laughs> like, yeah. like finding out what the heck the market is going to bear. Right. So you know, yeah. So building something. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about creating a product in yeah. there. Yeah. The second thing is selling something. To, where do you talk to customers yeah, in that? Talk to customers. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you? That's kind of what I was getting at. Like, like how do you know? Like, there's going to mar- the market's going to bear anything all, like this, this. Is all me, 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 me stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is it's fascinating actually when you think about it this way, right? Uh, we're talking about building a business, and the first thing that comes to mind is like, what am I going to register as? 
you know, an LLC, an S corp, I could, you know, and have to do, keep some company notes if I was an S corp, but a little bit of a better tax credit, you know, right. Break or whatever. So, uh, you know, and then step four, finance your business. Just like, Hey, do that. Make sure you do that before, you know, you got the legal structure, finance it somehow. Uh, I just like, I like all of that at the same time though, they, they get all, they, they handle so many of the, uh, of the important sort of things like, you know, registering your name, structure, structure, your tax entity and stuff like that. State and local taxes. Um, which, which are like, okay, those are the things that people are, they think about a lot too, but like they're, none of it is important. That's the thing. Being people who have built businesses, none of this is important. Write a business plan is like, and I, I, all of these are links. They probably have more resources in as you go deeper, but, uh, but the write a business plan will be like, first of all, find something that people are willing to pay for and that you can be very different from any other competition out there that potentially you can own the market on this thing and that, that they're, you know what I mean? That you can charge charge off a high enough price that it's profitable. Right. Do that. And then write about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A, build a very complex financial model about how this is going to work over the next ten years. Yeah, and it's so. all it's all fantasy and conjecture and and guessing. Yeah, but but these are the steps you got to go through. But they don't. They're none of these steps make you successful. That's yeah. the and that's I think a big difference between like, that's why we started Fizzle in so many ways because really if you look around this is all the traditional business stuff is is like this you know what I mean right and then and so to to talk about the things that actually matter instead of just like well, should I be an S corp or an LLC which doesn't matter at all yeah in terms of can you and make like, something that will be successful here's a little secret you're already a business yeah welcome you to sole proprietor like three three steps uh, talk to a few people yeah. that might have a problem. Build a product that solves one of the problems and sell it. Yeah. yeah. That would be like an alternative way to look at it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you're already a business. You don't have to file for anything. Totally. So this is in, this is in the context of of, you know, what should how should you start? Like what are what and and Barrett, what you're saying is like just earn a buck. You know, something we used to always say on the show, like earn your first buck doing something and it breaks the seal. You see things differently right. and then you can realize because I think what I'm what I'm kind of getting at in this is is how difficult it is to see the long haul. Um, how, when you think about, I want to be an entrepreneur, when you think about like, I want to be an entrepreneur, you don't think about, I'm going to build a product, as you said, Corbett. Yeah. You said, don't build a business, build a product. A very specific, uh, small, meaningful thing that does what it's supposed to do, and then try to sell it. If you do that, you're looking at maybe maybe a month of work, maybe 12 months of work, probably not more than that. I would recommend you do it between one to three months of work yeah. and get it out the door. Yeah. And now you won't have an audience to sell it to built in. You won't have a lot of stuff, but you can start selling it. You know what I mean? And start doing the things that could build that audience and yada, yada. But, uh, uh, in the context of this, this sort of Gary V, the guy asking Gary V, like, "Hey, man, what should I do? Like, what's the first thing? I, what, what would you do if you're starting from scratch right now?" And Gary V says, "Like, get some financial security from a job that you can sort of slack off at. Even better if it's loosely related to the thing that you want to be doing, so yeah. you're learning some stuff while you're slacking yeah, off." That's solid advice. I think that's super solid advice, right? Because how many times do we go like, "I need to do it," and that means I'm going to burn the bridges on all the sides, and that, and I'm. Yeah. I'm going to go work by myself and do the thing and that I'm going to really need it. And how many episodes on this show have we done where somebody's like, I have three months worth of runway, Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. those never work out. No, it's really, and it, because why? Because, because as the great Bill Murray says, you know, you do your best work when you're relaxed. 
You know, you, you do your best creative work and bu- building a business to me is extremely creative when you are relaxed and thinking like yourself and not working from a fl- fight or flight sort of thing. You know, like our episode on anti-hustle is like it, one of the things built into that to me is, is just like you don't hustle too much because you stop being creative and you start just being clingy and needy, you know. And that's one of your biggest assets is seeing things as possibilities instead of as threats and being afraid of them. Yeah. But um, but th- th- it's an interesting, I don't know, it's just to me, it's like I'm thinking about someone out there. I'm thinking about, thinking about a, a listener out there. She's analytical enough creative enough and she knows she's talented enough i think a lot of us are in this boat where we're just like i know that i'm good enough like i can do i can do just about anything i set my mind to you know i can do it like i'm not going to be faster than usain bolt but that's not something i want to put my mind to you you know what i mean um i i know that i've got what it takes to do this stuff i'm concerned that i I don't i know that i don't know the plat the, the playing field enough to feel comfortable about how exactly to get started mm-hmm. and what's the best way to get started. How long should I allow this stuff to take? Uh, what I should anticipate and expect? What would be the sort of like the way that I would schedule and, and put this, uh, like, like if I was starting from scratch to see if this was a possibility. And this is an honest question I want to ask right now to you guys. If you were, if they, like imagine that you're seeing her out there, she's she's bright, she's got it. She, she, can to- she could totally do this. But she doesn't have her audience. She doesn't really know the topic yet necessarily. Yeah. She's like kind of just like got well, this goods. So I, I think inherent in that, like when you're saying, I feel like I'm good enough. Yeah. You know, like I can make this work, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm talented enough. Like we had, talented, a, we had an episode yeah. where like, how come if I'm so smart, how come I'm not successful yet? Yeah. Right? So well, great. Yeah. Yeah. So inherent in that is this, this problem where people feel like, if I'm going to start a business, it's an all or nothing proposition. If I'm going to do this and I'm talented enough, then it's going to, it's going to work, right? I just, if I prepare enough and I talk to enough people, then it's going to work. I just have to slog through it yeah. and I'll come out the other side. The problem with that is I think even the best entrepreneurs probably have a, a coins toss chance of building a successful business. I think even you know, even if you have, even if Seth Godin starts it's something true. new, even yeah. though he's been through a bunch, yeah. there's probably a 50% chance that that thing is going to go on to be like a, a success that's worth him continuing on with. Maybe. I mean, I was, our project failed. We didn't even launch the damn thing. Right. Okay. So it you're saying- become a thing at all. You're saying 50% or less. Right. Right. And so, so here's, here's the issue with that. You could flip a coin 10 times and conceivably you could get, you know, the wrong answer every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that means even people who are really talented and and, and yeah. should be successful might have to go through two or three or four failures mm. before they get to something that works. Yep. The other problem with that is that people who flip the coin and get the right answer the first time assume that it's because of their talent and business prowess yeah. instead right. of attributing that you know, things lined up this time. Yeah. I was in the right place at the right time. I chose the right audience. I found the right problem that they had and I figured out a good way to solve it. A lot of stuff has to align for your business to take off. Yeah. So my my whole point in saying that is if you're going to start uh, down the path of becoming an entrepreneur, you really have to think about these things as hypotheses yep. and that you are going to put this forth and test it. And if it's wrong, that means you go back to the drawing board and you find something else. And the goal is to test enough hypotheses that you find one eventually that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and so in the case of like Barrett working on this team with Seth Godin, Seth had an idea, got a bunch of people together, tried it out, 
it didn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't mean that he went slunk off and said, I'm not an entrepreneur anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just knows because he's been through it for 30 years that, yeah. okay, sometimes these things don't work out and sometimes they do. Mm. And sometimes that little, you know, three week long project turns it into something really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Which is what he's doing now. He went right back at it. He hired a full-time person. It was just he and her and they worked on a new project and it was an iteration of what we did together and it's working quite well. It became mm. the, uh, whatever the MBA program he's running right now. Mm. So the, the, nice. the, uh, the reason actually that I got on this track was that you were talking about Gary's, um, advice to get a job yeah, instead of just quitting and burning yeah, bridges yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. The great thing about that is, yeah, you know, it's probably going to take a few years. Not that a yeah. single business opportunity needs to take a few years, but from the time you start thinking about, I want to build a business to you go through a couple of fits and starts and, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, fall starts and take a couple of steps back and a couple of steps forward, it's probably going to be a few years. Mm. And so if you're trying to live off of savings or whatever, you're going to end up in your parents' basement and it's going to be really stressful. Yeah. And, and if you add all of that stress on top of the fact that things are likely to fail just because that's how it works out yeah. for any entrepreneur, then I, I think it just ends up compounding things so much that you're really putting yourself in it's a It's interesting to think of every business idea is you flipped a coin and you called, you're calling heads or tails. Like that's your chances of it kind of working out. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like that calling it heads or tails is, is, is something that's like, if you flip it and you say, how many times are you going to get heads or how many times are you going to get tails out of 10, 10 ones? Like, yeah, we'll see what the probability of that. But then if you're calling it different every single time, I feel like the probability gets more difficult, right? It's actually the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah. It doesn't input. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't bring in another uh, element. It seems like it seems to me like it would bring in a whole other element of of uh, I don't know what you would pick. Well, okay. Here's so here's the thing. If you're literally flipping a coin, the coin doesn't care. It's it yeah. Has the same it does. It does the time. same thing. If you're building a business, you're right in the fact that if you decide to uh, every time call something that is related to the call before it. Yeah. So a, a coin toss is an independent event. It's mm-hmm. not influenced by the things that happened before it. Yeah. Building a business can be dependent on what happened before because you might have gotten, it's kind of like playing a video yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You get to level two and you die. And now the next time you go through it and you get to level two and you're like, oh, I saw you, yeah. bad guy. Yeah, and I, you know, know, you're, I know you. You know where that's right. waiting. So, yeah. so you might get a little further each time. So that's where you, you do probably end up having better odds after you've been through the ringer a few times, mm-hmm. unless you scrap everything and you decide to join a completely new industry, yeah. that's where you might have trouble. Yeah. You know? Or, but even then there'd be some, some bad guys you've seen before. Yeah. You know, and if you're Elon Musk or someone, then you bring to it, not just your knowledge of how to build a business, but now you bring the full weight of your reputation yeah. of everyone that follows you of all the investors who are willing to give you money without seeing a damn thing. Sure. So you do improve your odds over sure. time. And it's interesting though to think of every every initial business as a coin fl- a coin uh, toss, mm-hmm. and you're calling it. You're saying like, I think this is going to show up to heads. Yeah, and not that you have a you know fifty fifty chance of of it be of it working or not, but just that there is so much uncertainty involved that 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 you you're maybe this kind of flies in the face of the American. Maybe this is why it's so challenging is because in the American ideal. Uh, world, right? You just like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You just, if you work hard enough. Yeah. And that is the case for most of us as employees, isn't it? I think it's the case as entrepreneurs too. Yeah. It's just the definition of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is it's going to take 10 years to yeah. get off the ground instead of my first business either yeah. works or it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. it doesn't, then that I wasn't sense. able to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's tough because 
you almost want to tell people, get to that point where you know one way or the other as fast as possible. Get to that point of failure or, or, or like initial success yeah. as fast as you possibly can, which is hard to tell someone because a lot of people give up too fast. Mm -hmm. They won't quite push themselves far mm -hmm. enough to find out if it's actually going to work or not. And they'll like shy away from it. Yeah. But I did the opposite when I was starting my last company where I, I probably could have known a year earlier what, whether it was going to work or not. Mm. I had all the information there already. Mm. And I think I was just ignoring it because mm -hmm. I didn't want to shut the thing down. Right. And I think that's a really important skill. And the more experience you get, the less each idea in that individual iteration matters to your point. And the more comfortable you are saying, okay, that, that part didn't work. I'm going to go come up with another thing and move on. Yeah. Yeah, but and that, that's not easy to learn just right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah and hopefully, like some of this advice that we give, this is where I think I, advice can be valuable. Sure. Hopefully, because we say this on right. multiple episodes, it gets drilled into somebody's head. Totally. Don't get married to your first idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure that what matters is what you're hearing from customers and the mm -hmm. problem that you're trying to solve. And yeah, not, you know, don't go around with a hammer and and just look for nails. Because right. Okay, so what I'm hearing then is is okay. This is my first idea potentially. Maybe it, let's think of that person as the first idea. I'm feeling pretty good about it, but I haven't really done any work on it. I've, I'm like, I got this idea. I'm thinking, you know, yada yada. Then thinking about how you would how you would pursue that. It's kind of like don't quit your job. You know, for most of us, it would be like don't quit your job, right? Unless you're like. Uh, you've got some savings, you or you're taking on funding, or you're whatever. What's a very small and a small version of a product about this? And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, by the way, like if you do want to quit your job, and I totally get that. Well, yeah. I or mean, maybe you have no choice. Maybe you lost your job or yeah. whatever. The next best thing is probably to start selling services. Yeah. Yeah. Because. It, they're really easy to get off the ground. I think there's a much higher chance that if sure. you create a service, you're going to be able to sell it. Right. And it's sort of like apprenticing under a company, you know, yeah. where you're trying to learn about what they're building. You are just apprenticing under that, you know, at being in service to people trying to solve yeah, the problem right. for them. So let's say, for example, that you love uh, home audio equipment and you really want to create a product in that space mm -hmm. and you have some ideas and whatnot. If you wanted to get some money in your pocket and learn a lot about that industry, start a company that installs things in people's homes yeah. and then start asking questions every call that you go on, you know, mm -hmm. okay, so why did you decide to go with this system and, and what are you looking to get from it? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you'll learn a ton from that. You'll be able to support yourself. And then you just give yourself totally. this long ass runway yeah. to start building like maybe new brackets or whatever it is that yeah. you think it's going to. It makes me think of the chef. Corbin and I went to a cooking class last night for my birthday and it, it, there was this chef who um, he was he was on the cook side originally, like working as a you know line cook somewhere for a while, um, and he was heading to becoming a chef. And then he took a sidestep and started working at a butcher shop. Yeah, and and I can I can create a story around you know why he would have done that because you're working so much with the quality of the meat that you're like well, I want to go understand this a ton. Yeah. Because then he went off and started a restaurant called Ned Ludd in Portland which ended up being a really famous restaurant in in the farm to table movement very spending and, and and killer. I have had one meal there and it was awesome. Um and you can see you can picture you can see the through line Mm -hmm. On that, that, like maybe it was just like a lateral, like maybe I'll go over here. No, I miss, I miss cooking, or maybe it was a more intentional sort of. But all of it adds up to now he knows as a chef 
a whole element yeah, of this that so many don't. And and he learned things there about sourcing of yeah. of animals yeah. that uh, really helped him in the farm to table movement, totally. so that he could speak with authority. Yeah. Not many people in that movement have worked in like a commercial, yeah. or like a you know a, a mainstream supermarket, yeah. Um, where they have packaged meats and all that shit he was yeah, talking about. Totally. And his level of knowledge was like something that you rarely hear. Yeah, so it makes someone. me think of, for all of us, like I think about this for myself and I realize like I don't have a good answer for this. Right now, I'm building Fizzle with you guys because I'm building Fizzle with you guys. Do you know what I mean? And I think we could all have like a, a um, you know, what do we want to be able to talk about with authority in 15 years from now kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like you can clearly see why Fizzle is a part of that if it's not the 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 whole thing or it or or why it is that whole thing. It becomes that whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like you kind of see you see past this next step and the step after that and the step after that, you have a much bigger further vision right that that is kind of like, "Oh, so whatever I do now, I've got I've got maybe um five chunks of five years before it's like, I'm going to be like the, a badass in some capacity, like a real honest to God, proper badass in some capacity, like speaking with more authority than potentially anyone else in the world on this one thing, Yeah, you know, or as much as it, you know, what's that thing? What do I want to become really, truly professional at? Well, and, and like, then you, then that kind of, to me, I'm thinking about like taking off the pressure of like this business idea that you choose is like the rest of your life. So you better like choose it really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I think that's a, we all feel that and it's totally fake. And, it's and not- once you build it and sell it and get something out yeah. the door, then it's like, Oh, this is just a stepping stone. And it's not just that pressure of like, I have to choose the thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's also the pressure that all those things that I want to do for the rest of my life, I have to do in the next two years. Yeah. You know, for some reason, totally. people feel like, yeah. I got to get it all done now. And they don't yeah, have there's the- this, there's this width, there's this length and breadth that you can bring to this that, that I feel like we're all pretty, we're, most of us aren't that great at bringing to it. And, and you get more perspective when you work more in the thing. But even still, like, the more work you do, sometimes you get the closer and closer your face gets to the page. And so you can't really see what's happening, you yeah. know? So, uh, you, started out asking like when should the business earn revenue yeah right so we've talked about keeping a job yeah one that's in the industry that you want to be building something and that's yeah. a great way to learn another is to um, offer services in both of those cases your goal is to get revenue in immediately basically yeah. you know yeah. and for most people that's the reality they're going to need revenue really quickly mm-hmm. yeah most people can't spend month after month after month trying to build a business and very few people have enough in savings to be able to spend as long as it takes yeah. to get a business off the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, and just real quick, a dirty little secret about quitting your job and then just saying, okay, I'm going to start a business is you got so much time and so little direction when that happens. Yeah. And in some ways, the constraint of having just a couple hours every week really helps you focus on what matters most when you're getting going and mm. getting to that point where you've actually tested an idea and you're not just flailing about telling everybody you know that you're an entrepreneur now because right. it's hard when you get out there and you've got 40 at 40 hours theoretically that you were working that now are all your own it's really hard to figure out how to structure that yeah. time and use it wisely yeah mm-hmm. yeah it anyways, totally keep going sorry i interrupted he's uh, just shaking his head yeah. going, i got nothing left that's all <laughs> i don't know where hey man that's what all i was saying, saying. about immediate revenue so like having a job or services right, right, right. and then... Yeah. So so when should a business earn money is a lot of times that's dependent on your own personal situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, my preference is you try to get the business to revenue pretty quickly because yeah. you could be just sitting on a 
uh, ticking time bomb thinking like, oh yeah, revenue, it'll happen, it'll happen. And then you get like 18 months from now and you go, oh crap, like there's this glaring hole that I missed the whole time yeah. and this thing can't earn revenue like I thought it would. Yeah. So, you know, try to get to that sooner. It also is very dependent on your own personal situation and um, and what your runway is. Yeah. This is why we talk about the minimum viable income. There's a great episode on this. There's a great yep. blog post, actually, yep. that Steph wrote with yep, the worksheet. Totally. I'll put that in the show notes. About how to calculate what you really need to earn to survive. Right. And I think if you go through that and look at it, and instead of thinking about, um, you know, what am I, am I going to sell product-wise to cover that, if you think about what service could I offer to cover that minimum viable monthly income that I need, then uh, you can start layering on products on top of that. It just makes it a much more realistic way to go than this big like question mark, black hole of what am I going to sell? How much am I going to charge for it? Who's yeah. going to buy it? All this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I don't think we have much more to add on this. What I like more about uh, most about this is is just expanding our, like kind of stretching our minds a little bit. About listen, when you think about a business, take a step back. Don't start hyperventilating. Don't don't start thinking about like about like this is your reputational and this is all all of I don't know just all of the things that this like it brings with it that makes you go like yeah man I'm an entrepreneur I'm really like I'm gonna be able to do this like I read I read the the, the book from so and so and I got the podcast from what's his name and you know and now I'm like ready to do it yeah you know I'm ready to do you, it so uh, according to the SBA like rules that yeah. I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. I'm going to write a business plan, <laughs> you know, and, and, and this is a very iterative. I mean, the thing that I'm passionate about in this is just the artistic, how artistic this whole process is. Um, and I love that, how creative you get to be in it. Um, the, but, but like, I'm, I'm equally as passionate about like the freedom that it affords me. Like the fact that I can go on a long walk in the, walk in the morning right now. Like that's just what I'm doing. And I didn't do that two months ago, but I, I had time to be able to do that, you know, uh, and to live the life that I, that I care to live, that I can go like, Hey, to my wife, like you, you don't have to work as hard anymore because the revenues is coming in and we can kind of travel more. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff that I dream about walking my kid to school and doing all that kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, so I, I, I love that, but really I, I'm, I'm principally this whole thing for me in different, maybe different from, from you guys and, and some people out there like is a, an artistic expression. It's my creative sort of energy. Right. And for, for others, it's, it's like freedom financially specifically. Um, and for others, it's just like, I just hate my, my boss. I just, my boss is just super stupid and I think I could do this way better. Um, for, so for whatever reason that you're, that you're getting into this, that you want to do this, you can you can have a lot of different perspectives on how you look at it. And so I hope that this is a, a, a good conversation to kind of expand, widen our minds about, about this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Just stretching it out in there. Just like silly putty. Just yeah. like put it down on the newspaper, stretch it out. Stretch, stretchy, stretchy, stretchy. When Melissa, my wife, and her friends went to, um, they went to Thailand. They had a layover in Korea on the way back or something. And you, the, like, like when you have a layover in Korea, it's normally like for like twelve hours or something. They put you on these buses. They give you these parkas, and you go and like. Come see, come see Korea. See, everything's safe. It's fine. It's fun. You'd like this. It's good. You should come here next time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And there's it's like this... a forced layover. It's like the tourism department exactly. convinced the airlines to. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. And there's these guys making this um, sort of street candy, and they had a whole routine. 
They had a, it was the most amazing thing. And Melissa took a video of it because it's incredible. They're like, stretchy, 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 rolling, 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 <laughs> one rolling, folding, two rolling, folding, <laughs> oh, two makes four rolling, folding, good, next, oh, eight rolling, folding. And they're just doing it and you're just like, what's happening? <laughs> like, they're just doing it no matter whether nobody, whether anybody's watching or not. Oh, they're just, wow. they're going for it. And they just seem delighted the whole they're time. They're so delighted. Yeah. It's amazing. I loved it. <laughs> Talk they, about loving what you do. Talk about loving what you do is right. Um, anything else to add, guys? I'm feeling pretty good on this one. I guarantee those guys don't love what they do as much as they think they do, <laughs> but they are selling what people want. They're good. They're good at pretending. I think it's neat. <laughs> I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Allen Brooks. And we will see you there. Or we'll see, see you another, another time. time. <laughs> so there you have it. All right. <laughs> Get something. All right. <laughs> fizzleshow.co slash 164 that's where you're going to find our post on the comprehensive guide to minimum viable income it's in the show notes section go there and click on it okay I'm so bad at money stuff that I actually created a three month email series to help you keep on top of your finances so you can actually build your business with the surplus that you have. Steph's article and our other uh, podcast episode on minimum viable income, if you haven't heard it, is powerful. So definitely check that out. You can find it at fizzleshow.co slash 164, along with everyone's comments about this post. I would love to hear what you're listening to, what podcast you're listening to right now. Please share. Here's an iTunes review from Gidzy and Joe in the UK, who says, so honest, real, and inspiring. I love the honesty of the show. It always seems to get to the heart of the struggle of building your own thing, explaining to me the things I can't even verbalize from my own head, whilst giving loads of firsthand insight and practical advice. Finding Fizzle has been totally transforming for me. At last, I know there are so many other people that have the same triumphs, struggles, and big questions that I do. Thank you so much, Gidzy and Joe from the UK. What a lovely review. You know, our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. And if you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs to find this show. So if you haven't yet, please open up your iTunes, click write a review at The Fizzle Show, and let us know what you think. All right, that's it for this episode. Here's a quote from Mark Twain who says, Don't go around saying the world owes you a living. The world owes you nothing. It was here first. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.